as we continue our neonatal cocoa pods podcast we want to talk about something you have wondered about what is the right time to clamp the umbilical cord after birth podcast. We want to talk about something you have wondered about. What is the right time to clamp the umbilical cord after birth? What length of time equals delayed umbilical cord clamping after birth? My name is Dr. Bola Sogade and welcome to CocoaPods podcast. I'm a women's health specialist and the founder of Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. What are the pains and gains of clamping the umbilical cord right after birth? What does it do to the new mother or her newborn baby? Let's start with the history behind this. Before the mid-1950s, the term early clamping was defined as umbilical cord clamping within 60 seconds, that is one minute of birth, and late clamping was defined as more than five minutes after birth. From scientific studies of how blood moves between the mother and the baby after birth, it was reported that just over about half a cup of blood, that is about 10 tablespoons or 100 cc's of blood, transfers from the placenta to the newborn in the first three minutes after birth, and that most of this blood transfer happened within the first few breaths of the mature newborn's life. Because of these early observations and the lack of good science to back up the question as to what the best time was to clamp the cord, the time between delivery of the baby and the umbilical cord clamping began to shorten and it became common practice to clamp the umbilical cord shortly after birth, usually within 15 to 20 seconds, like immediately after the baby came out. So newer, well-conducted scientific studies in both premature and mature newborns have really checked out the effects of immediate, that is between 15 to 20 seconds, versus delayed, that is between 30 to 60 seconds after birth, umbilical cord clamping. And here is the conclusion of the matter. Delayed umbilical cord clamping appears to be beneficial for babies, whether they are premature or mature. In mature, that is term infants, delayed umbilical cord clamping increases hemoglobin levels at birth and improves iron stores in the first several months of life, which is favorable on the development of the newborn. So 
preterm infants are particularly at risk for a higher rate of a condition known as intraventricular hemorrhage that is bleeding into the brain and another condition called necrotizing enterocolitis neck, which is a serious gastrointestinal problem that mostly affects premature babies and causes inflammation in the intestinal tissues. Well, with delayed cord clamping, the rates of these complications in premature babies were found to be lower, and fewer newborns require transfusion when delayed umbilical cord clamping is used. So many professional organizations now recommend delayed umbilical cord clamping. The World Health Organization recommends at least to wait one minute. The most recent neonatal resuscitation program guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends at least 30 to 60 seconds, that is, if the baby does not require assisted ventilation. The Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists in the UK, they say wait at least two minutes after birth. And the American College of Nurse Midwives, they wait the longest. They say wait two to five minutes after birth. And the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists now recommend a delay in umbilical cord clamping for at least 30 to 60 seconds after birth when the babies are vigorous at birth. But this has raised concern. Delay in umbilical cord clamping may delay timely resuscitation efforts if needed, especially in preterm infants. However, because the placenta continues to perform gas exchange after delivery, sick and preterm infants are likely to benefit most from the additional blood coming from the placenta in delayed cord clamping. Another concern is that a delay in umbilical cord clamping could increase the potential for excessive blood transfusion through the placenta to the baby. To date, however, most scientific studies do not show evidence of an increased risk of too many blood cells, that is a condition of polycythemia, being transfused to the baby or jaundice in the newborn, though there are few studies that showed a slightly higher rate of jaundice in the newborn that makes the baby need phototherapy. So what are the neonatal outcomes in the newborn baby of delayed cord clamping? Scientific studies in mature infants have shown that blood transfer from the placenta is of about one quarter of a cup of blood, that is about 80 cc's of blood that is transferred by the first minute after birth, reaching approximately half a cup of blood, that is 100 cc's at three minutes after birth. Initial breaths taken by the newborn appear to facilitate this placental transfusion. This is because when the newborns breathe, the lungs fill up with air and the rest of the pressure inside the chest becomes negative and this makes the blood flow easier to the baby from the placenta. 
the additional blood supplies extra iron that has been shown to reduce and prevent iron deficiency during the first year of life. Iron deficiency during infancy and childhood has been linked to impaired development that may be irreversible. Iron deficiency in childhood is particularly common in low-income countries, but also common in high-income countries. Also, this blood transfer through the placental transfusion after birth facilitates transfer of special proteins that help the body fight inflammation and infection. These special proteins are called immunoglobulins. The blood transfer also facilitates the transfer of stem cells, which are essential for tissue and organ repair in life. By the way, stem cells are immature cells that are able to make other blood cells that mature and function as needed. And what are the maternal outcomes, the effects on the mom of delayed umbilical cord clamping? In the past, and still in some places, immediate umbilical cord clamping has traditionally been carried out along with other strategies in what is called the active management in the third stage of labor in an effort to reduce excessive postpartum bleeding. So concern has risen that if you delay clamping the umbilical cord, this may increase the risk of maternal hemorrhage. However, recent data do not support these concerns. So in our upcoming episodes, we talk further about umbilical cord clamping at birth. There is a time when you forget delayed cord clamping and you think this cord must be clamped and cut now. We also talk about the process and technique of delayed umbilical cord clamping and what umbilical cord milking is all about. And then what do you do if the babies are twins or triplets or the octomom situation? What is the effect of delayed umbilical cord clamping on umbilical cord blood collection for banking? So listen to our future episodes on this topic and send questions and comments via our website, birthcenterfoundation.com. Thank you so much for listening. <music>